0: Jesus, I crave to know you to know you will satisfy my soul. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 96, and I want to thank you for taking the time to join me in uh, this episode today. Um, I wanted to kind of just jump Back into where I had left off, um, there were several items that I wanted to talk about. I think I'll just do a kind of quick episode, uh, continue continuing on a, an additional topic that I wanted to touch on but just didn't get to uh, for the sake of time. Um, so, but, but before I jump in, I do want to say just a real quick like shout out to the Lord because uh, I'm so thankful for this. Now, I've been praying for. A, kind of a, a recent bit of time here, that this podcast would make its way into Israel, and um, it's just been it's been something in my heart that I've wanted to see that I wanted, you know, th- the message uh, that Jesus Christ would bring into um, his people. Um, the you know the gospel came from the Jew. Um, and and now we have been grafted into the family of God um, through you know Jesus, a man, uh, a Jew, and um, and so it's just you know what a privilege it is to to bring the gospel back to its homeland. So it's just been something in my heart that I really wanted to see. This podcast has has. I, I think last time I counted was about forty different countries or so forty four maybe and um, it's just it's spreading across the the whole world and it's blow it blows my mind really. but I was just really yearning to see it hit Israel and in the last thirty days it has done just that. Um, I know that um, it, you know Israel's going through a, a quite a bit of conflict uh, as it relates to wars and, um, you know, dis, you know, disputes of land and territory. So, um, I think it's just a really cool thing that in light of what's even going on now, um, in, in Israel, that, uh, the message of, of what God has made available through Jesus Christ, um, I think that's just exciting and, um, not just for Israel, but for all across the world as this as this message is being proclaimed, um, you know please share it with with people that you know that maybe have not found it yet. I would love to see this multiply even further than what it has already so um so so today's episode, this probably pertains more to to us in the United States um. The, the church model, how we do church in the United States, it it's it's fairly broken. It it's quite um, deviated, I think, from from the intention of God. I think that we don't see this as much in other parts of the world, um, but here in the West, it's quite common, and. As we, as many of you know, uh, probably because many of you that are hearing this are going through it currently, that you know that because of the persecutions of the of your local you know Christian body, um, it it causes the church to be to function differently, and we take for granted here in the West in the United States, we take for granted uh, the 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 wonderful grace that we have as far as freedom expressing our faith and practicing in a congregational type manner. So one of the questions that I had written on last year, kind of a continuation of the previous episode, um, the question is, how do we fix the broken church model? Now, I don't, I don't, Propose that this is the, the the fix the fix all. This I believe that these are fantastic ideas or starting points. I think that whenever God opens the door for what He is doing through my expression, I think that I will I will look at a lot of these points and try to be faithful to them. Uh, because I do believe that there's something in this available. But um, as I began to question that, how do we fix this broken church model that we have here in mainly in the United States? And point number one, children's church is not childcare. It is an investment in the hearts and minds in children by the spirit of God. Every parent family volunteers at certain intervals to participate in this sewing now i am <laughs> I say this and and I feel the weight of you know guilt because I don't do this, but uh, you know we have a church that we attend regularly and i and I'm not actively involved in the children's ministry, but I think that there needs to be a shift in the way we perceive our local body church and that children's church is not this place uh, to you know dump your kid off as you know child care so you can enjoy the service kid free uh, it is an investment in their hearts and minds and that is done by the holy spirit and so here in the west in the united states a big problem that we have that occurs in every church that i've ever been in is we you you always have a difficult time finding enough people to to work and operate to maintain the need to to support the children's ministry. It's always one of the more struggling ministries, and you know no doubt it takes a very special type of person who enjoys that type of um, dynamic. We'll say, but I think if we could if we can shift our mentality of from from a care just almost a daycare if you will to sewing into a kids lives and if you want to participate in this type of child care there needs to be an investment in it and i think by um, by coming to this place where every parent every parent family so that would you know uh, the family itself It doesn't have to be every individual person in the family, but just a representative from the family. Every parent volunteers at certain intervals, depending on how many you have engaged in this process. Um, This would fix a big gap that we have, I believe, in children's church, children's ministry, and perhaps it would allow us to get a shift of heart in that. But so I think that's one area. Um, The next item is back-to-back services hinder the organic flow of the Holy Spirit in worship and word. We either do away with multiple services, or we space out services to leave plenty of room for overflow. When I say overflow, that is allowing the Holy Spirit to do what He desires. So, a single service is greater than multiple services. And then, gapped multiple services so having gaps between them to allow for that flow is greater than back to back multiple services now you know obviously depending on the size of the church and then you know the number of people that are trying to to get there i understand that the the logistics of it is challenging and sometimes the multiple service approach allows for for that you can get more people in but I think like I said the one of the issues is when when the Holy Spirit is wanting to do something we feel pressure from our structure and our regimen that we we have to rush things along because we don't want to you know there's there's several factors we don't want to you know we have workers working we want to respect their time there you know there's a new you know, flood of people coming in for the next service. We want to respect everybody's time. We want to try to maintain this, you know, friendly atmosphere. But I think we do ourselves a disservice in gathering congregationally when we either have multiple services or we put them back to back. I think that if we can shift to a single service application. And if we cannot avoid it, then we have gaps between services. Um, I know that's also challenging for, you know, the, the, the ministry team, uh, it maybe takes up more of the day. Um, however, I think we would yield, um, just in uh, an infinite, um, an infinite higher, uh, yield, a return on that investment because we allow the Holy Spirit to do what he desires to do. So that's item number two. Number three, we must separate ourselves from the pursuit of pleasing man and seek to please God. Be faithful to God because that will become faithful to men. We need to lose the fear to not cater to people um because at least here in the United States we have so many churches and there's this pressure upon these churches to 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 offer to cater and there's this fear that if 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 you don't have what they're looking for, you know, they'll just find it somewhere else and you know these you know those who who you know start this ministry and they have you know God has built it to what it is you want to be faithful in stewarding that and trying to accommodate people but i believe that we've we've really drifted and we have allowed ourselves to try to please people more than we are fearful to please god and so, I think if we could, if we could separate ourselves from um, worrying about catering to people and be more faithful in catering to that which God desires, um, I think a, a firm, a more firm hand approach is, would, would do us here in the United States uh, some good. So, that's another item uh, as I propose fixing the broken church model. Um now just as a side note this I I don't I'm not um suggesting that every church is broken I think that many churches have it splendidly together um but I, just kind of as a whole and we and we think about the dynamics that we are just completely missing it I think these are some suggestions that I would have that I intend to try to pursue as the opportunity develops itself uh, down the road. Um, And perhaps anybody listening to this might find some inspiration in it as well, maybe for their own application um, and their own ministry endeavors. Um, Next item is we need to recapture the mentality of multiplying, not just gathering. We need to be a church that equips people for the work of ministry. How many preachers, worship leaders, teachers, do we have sitting in the congregation week after week? With this multiply mindset, we create active growth. As we grow and multiply, not divide, but grow and multiply. We're talking here more church plant. See, nationally, we gather, we grow, and then we keep gathering. And as I mentioned before, we run into these issues of, okay, we've got to create multiple services now to to kind of house all this growth. So we gather, we grow, and then we keep gathering. Then we build, we increase, and now we feel pressure to cater so that we can keep and maintain and then we strategize by our own effort. So I think that um, if we could recapture this idea, this mentality of multiplying. Now this is an this is an arbitrary um, number. I felt like the Lord had um, given me, and I would have to review some of my notes. So I'm just gonna kind of go off the cuff here, but um, it was something like. Uh, let's say 180 people, as you, as you start a church and you build it up and you hit 180 people, say maybe even 200 people, once it grows into that, you then take a tithe of that number, so 20 people, and you plant a church from that body. And maybe even you could do more. But let's just say a tithe, a ten percent of it. You take the twenty and you start another plant. And as that continues and builds up, you continue to take a tithe once you hit that number that you feel like the Lord has established and you plant. And that keeps going. That multiplies. Now what you're doing in that is you're you're limiting some of the problems that you'd run into with these you know, much larger, um, these much larger ministries. And, you know, maybe, maybe it is, you know, God is his directive to you in that particular ministry is to have a very large church. And, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, this is, this is something that obviously would need to be specifically, uh, confirmed by what God wants to do. But I think that, um, this, what this does is it, it allows you to take what is in your house, in your church house and to, to foster and equip and to grow these, these people who have all these unique and special giftings and, and it allows them to be fostered and, and then put out. You know, you think about the Dead Sea, it has no outlet. It only has an inlet and nothing grows in the Dead Sea for that very reason yeah, you, know, you have all this it's it's very uh the salt the salinity the saltiness is too high it's too great and so if we could be a people in the christian faith who have an inlet god god is pouring into us and then from that place we pour out back to that one point we tend to grow and gather and and that's how we we that's a lot of how the behavior is it's kind of g- gathering up into this one big machine but what if we could take that growth then channel it into building up a people and then multiplying that it's like a it's like a virus that replicates it's multiplying itself and spreading and growing and then you you bypass a lot of those um, major complications that you can have that you can run into with larger churches, and I think it's just more faithful, honestly. You know my perspective to um, what I think um, God would like to see. Again, that's specific to your particular calling. Uh, next item is we need to return to biblical, fully encompassing Bible teaching, not just what we understand like or agree with, but also reclaim teaching that has strayed away from scripture truth. This is highly important. I think this is so important because a lot of times, depending on where you go to church, you will not hear certain things taught. You will not venture into certain areas of scripture because it tends to Either rub against the grain of what that particular denomination um, kind of aligns with, um, or perhaps that 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 flow that denominational you know body is maybe just not comfortable, or or even hasn't spent enough time in it, uh, and they don't fully understand or uh, grasp what is available inside of that uh, scriptural revelation. So. I would I would urge the church at large to return to a fully encompassing Bible teaching. I believe everything from Genesis to Revelation and, and everything should be applied to our teaching. We should tackle these things that we perhaps find challenging to our belief framework or Pursue to understand them as we study them, and then any of the teaching that we have come across that has perhaps been kind of uh, hijacked by uh, you know incorrect teaching or perhaps even you know deceitful people trying to look for for gain for themselves for self fulfillment, we should reclaim that teaching because maybe even at the beginning you see um, the. The original intention of that teaching was actually pure. Um, I think about the the doctrine that's commonly now referred to as "name it and claim it," but but it had its roots in a pure, in a pure way. There's something powerful in faith. We call it though now. We call it the Word of Faith movement. But there's something powerful scripturally. We see that it's it's evident. It's clear. It's repetitively shown throughout. Uh, the New Testament and, and honestly, even the old, uh, but the power of faith. So there's lots of things that have been, that have gotten either skewed or misrepresented or misunderstood. And so I suggest we need to reclaim those areas in biblical teaching, exploring all areas of scripture. Next item is we need to ensure our kingdom work doesn't just stop once we leave the church building. The culture in our churches needs shifting to, now this is an arbitrary number, but just for illustration, we need to shift it to a 70-30 split, 70% outside the church, 30% inside. Now this is a guide, not a rule. We need a culture in Christians that puts to work what we believe, and brings our beliefs up to the Bible's standard. Again, this gather mentality, a lot, of, a lot of Christians think that I come to church, I check the box, I'm good to go, and then I just live my life. But when in reality, that's just one day of the week. You're not getting fed or nourished by the two hours on a, whatever day of the week you go to your local gathering. No, you, you, your nourishment, your, your building happens all the other days of the week. It is at the gathering, the local gathering, is when you experience this nourishment, this strengthening, this encouraging, this building up of one another, the fellowship that comes, and even just simply the obedience to Scripture. Do not forsake gathering yourselves together. So... We need to shift our mindset from not. it's not just about gathering at a place, but we need to pursue the work of the kingdom and shifting this idea of, again, suggestive, 70% outside, 30% inside. Next item is we need a culture of kingdom thinking. Nationally, we disagree, so we divide. If we agree... We gather. You see, this has been our model. And this is why that we are so denominationalized. Because we don't want disagreement, so we don't encourage thinking. Because thinking stimulates individual thought, which leads to conversation, which can lead to disagreement, which leads to division. So we discourage thought to avoid this but if the fullness of god abides in abides in us christians should be affecting all areas of society not just creating copies of you but spreading the seed of the kingdom of god and making changes and having answers for life's challenges from drinking water to infrastructure from banking to sports we have the kingdom potential to be the answer to the world around us. Not, not because of our greatness or, or anything that we have to offer. No, it's it, Christ in us is the hope of glory. So we have the kingdom potential to be the answer to the world around us, to bring real solutions to real problems by the power of the real Jesus. Now, let's have a culture that thinks in terms of the kingdom of God, which brings glory to his name. A lot of times we think we think in terms of this is my this is kind of God's part, and then this is secular world. There's this secular component. you know, I just work a regular job or you know i'm not I'm not a preacher, but I just work a job, and uh, you know. I go to church on Sunday, but you know the rest of the week I do X, Y, Z. You may not be a bad person. You, know, you may be you may be perfectly, uh, let's say, perfectly righteous. You may be you may be doing everything right, but if we can shift our thinking that even even being with our children, participating with them in play, is worship unto God stewarding our households by the biblical standard is worship unto God being the answer to a difficult situation in your business is worship to God if we can shift this mindset that it's not God on one box and the world on another but he encompasses everything we do the kingdom of God cannot be separated from one component to the next He's all in all. See, the next item we need to foster, encourage, even require a culture of honor. Considering others over ourselves, we must identify and respect the call and place of authority that God has given in the life of others. We need to shut down division, the dishonoring spirit that seeks to build up self and destroy others. This is something that plagues our churches highly. We very easily and very often see individuals that have their own agendas, their own Things that they, they wish to accomplish, and even if just given the benefit of the doubt, even if these are good agendas, if we use people as stepping stones to get the, to that that which we desire, we may be we may be uh, right in the sense of what we want to obtain, but we're completely wrong. In how we're going about it um, and that's just that's giving the benefit of the doubt here um, many times it's not even good intentioned and it's just malicious um, there is rampant a this this kind of rebellious spirit in the United States and it, it's kind of this mentality you you can't tell me what to do Um I won't linger here because I have a very unpopular opinion regarding this uh, type of behavior. But um, we see much dishonor and much uh, disrespecting of leadership, authority, um, even inside the church that God has put together and built up. And so we must be a body a local body that fosters encourages and demands a culture of honor and love Paul made very clear I think wasn't in, in to the Corinthians that you, know, you you may have all these giftings you may be able to you know prophesy and and speak in other languages and have the pinnacle of wisdom and understanding but if you do not have love you have nothing that's sobering we should we should implant that in our hearts in our minds if you don't have love if you don't demonstrate love you have nothing it's the glue that holds everything together if and and sometimes we say that it it's it's out of love that we do this that we say what we say, but it is not a fruit. What is coming out of people is not a fruit of the Spirit. And so we must demonstrate love, and it's evident by the things that we say. It's evident by how we say it. So um, we we must create a culture that fosters, encourages, and requires honor and love. And then the last item here as I close out is we need to bring prayer back to a place of centrality and not an afterthought, not a last resort. You think of when it says in there in scriptures, men ought always to pray. And so let prayer come back to this, this central place, not a, well, all we can do now is pray perspective, but let men Women, boys, and girls, let them always to pray. Uh, I think about, you know, in days gone by in our ch- kind of church history, um, the church as a whole and, and how much prayer has shifted things in, in our experiences, in our, in our life. And so we must get back to prayer at the forefront. I, I would encourage you to check out EM um, e- 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 Bounds. He's a uh, an author, uh, no longer alive, but fantastic writer. Uh, it's the letter E, the letter M, bounds B O U N D S, and uh, he has a book called The Power of Prayer. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, you can find it pretty inexpensive online through Amazon, I think. Um, and uh, but he has much he has much writings on prayer, and uh, quite the pillar. Um, so. Just encourage you with that. So these are these are some suggestions that I have in my own personal writings about um, how do we approach fixing the broken church model. These are 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 some things that I think would make a big difference. Uh, these are things that I would like to apply in my own life when that comes uh, to fruition. Um, I pray that maybe give maybe gave you some ideas. Uh, that you could maybe run with uh, or pray about. Um, I pray this blesses you. Again, I thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. And until next time, uh, we'll see you. God bless.